everybody, it is Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is Die Hard Dialogue, where we pick a couple of games each week, and we let the diehards battle it out. One of those games is always the New York Jets game, because I am the ultimate New York Jets diehard. I'm always accompanied by the great Jess, who is a slight bandwagon Patriots fan, but She's starting to own it, which makes me, this is what I do. Now I'm going counter. Now I will call her a diehard Patriots fan. It's great to see her. She's always wearing a winter hat these days, which excites me. Jesse, how are you? I'm good. It actually is cold enough for me to be wearing this hat here in Boston right now. So last time I wore it, it was, I committed to it, but it was too warm to be wearing it. But now it's fine. Now, Jess, before we go into the Giants Raiders game uh, with two wonderful guests, and we'll get to them in a minute, I do think it's important that we uh, acknowledge that we're filming this two hours before the Thursday night game, Jets-Colts, where all eyes on Mike fucking White, who did things that nobody understands last week. And if he does those same things tonight, we're in full insanity mode here in New York. What were your takes on the stunning outcome? I was very off again last week, Jets-Bengals. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna end up like missing every Jets game this year. Uh, what do you, uh, what do you, do you have any thoughts on what we saw? Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely banana land. Like, I mean, Mike White is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame after one game. <laughs> like, his jersey's in there. That's wild. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think. I remember literally asking a question on our show that day being like, nobody expects the jets like to beat the Bengals. And everyone was like, ha ha. And then the jets went out there and absolutely went crazy. So my question is, I know you weren't at that game because you said you were doing dad duty, right? Mm -hmm. So how superstitious are you? Or are you just a little stitious because you were not thinking. If Mike White wins tonight, Obviously, you know, I'm very pro, I'm very excited about Zach, but you know, he, he had his trials and tribulations like any young kid will. You've got to ride the high, I'm a big fan of the hot hand. And Mike was a fifth round pick, you know? So, and Zach got hurt against the Patriots, which is the reverse of what happened with Drew Bledsoe, getting hurt at the Jets. And like, you know, the reality is, the fact that the Jets get a game like this tonight with juice excites me to no end. And I don't know if you know this, every photo I take, I put up the number five, where I'm very, very attached to the number five. He okay. wears number five. So I'm in, I'm in all sorts of feelings land. So, I mean, Jets are 10 point underdogs. They're covering. You think they're covering? Uh-huh. I think they're gonna win tonight. You think they're going to win? I do. Why? You think Mike White's going to go off again? I think Mike White's going to play good. And I think the Jets are going to do solid against the run, which is the engine of that team, because we have a good defensive line. They're totally different defense with CJ Mosley. And I do think the Colts are going to try to take away the short stuff, because that's where Mike destroyed the Bengals. But I don't think fans understand how skilled the Jets positions are like, when you have this Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, Jameson Crowder, this dinky dunky stuff that the Pats have done for 20 years, you're accustomed to this. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have a weird feeling 
a weird feeling. So give us a score prediction. Maybe we can clip it and get it out tonight, Gary. I think the Jets are going to win 24-23 on a late drive with 39 seconds by Mike fucking White. Man, I love I love that prediction for you. Let's move on. What do we got? All right, let's bring in our guest for this week's game. Uh, you already said it, Raiders at Giants. Uh, we've got Dan Duggan here, Giants beat reporter for The Athletic. And we got a huge Raiders fan, Justin Novello here. Welcome in, guys. Justin Novello is my sister's husband. Yeah, Dan, I, I did know that. Dan, I, I brought in, I, Dan, I, Dan, I brought in my brother-in-law, who's a Raiders <laughs> fan, and I'd like you to trounce him with your desperately deep Giants knowledge. <laughs> my only problem is I'm really caught here because I'd love to see you razz him, but I hate the Giants so much because I'm younger brother, you know, Jetsland guy, you know that. And a lot of issues going on in Giantland from my perspective. So I'm excited to get your take. Jesse, set us up. What do we, give us some spreads and props and drops and all that. Yeah, so Raiders, three and a half point road favorites over the Giants, right? Uh, total sitting at 46. Uh, Raiders minus 170 on the money line. Giants plus 150. Uh, I mean, Dan, I want to start with a, a question for you. How long will Joe Judge be in New York, especially after headset gate? <laughs> yeah, headset gate could turn out to be his Waterloo. That was that was not a good avenue to go down. Um, and it's funny because he was really just answering a question. Honestly, everyone's like, what was up with burning the timeouts? He gives an answer, but he just went a little too far with it. It felt like an excuse. He kind of tried to you know, put the toothpaste back in the tube the next day, but just not a good look to, uh, again, come off like you're making excuses about something that, oh, it's happened every week. And it's like, well, you should have figured it out, you know, potentially by, uh, by week eight. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, listen, coming into this season, I thought there was zero chance we'd be talking in week nine about Joe Judge being on the hot seat. He, he built up a lot of goodwill, about as much goodwill as you can possibly build up in a six win first season. Um, and it's really gone out the window fast here. I mean, I, I have a really hard time believing he won't be back for a third year. They just don't want to keep firing coaches every two years. But I mean, if the bottom falls out or if the locker room turns on him, which, you know, there's no signs that that'll be the case you know, that things can definitely change. I would definitely think they're going to sort of, uh, they have a soft end of the schedule. They'll kind of write the ship, at least cosmetically. If you win six games again, you can maybe sell. I will right, we'll bring it back for a third year. Uh, but at some point you got to see some results. So um, it's getting late early for, uh, for Joe Judge. Uh, Justin, I, uh, before these guys hopped on, Justin and I were talking and I was like, how are you? That's how it came up that Gary calls me a bandwagon uh, Pats fan. Cause I was saying, oh, you're a Raiders fan, but you're in New Jersey. Tell me how that happened. Yeah, I, I, I turned uh, I turned on the TV one night for, to watch some football. I was in eighth grade and it just happened to be the Seattle Raiders game where Bo ran that 80 yard run after like the one stiff, I'm like, that's it. Like <laughs> got to watch that for a couple of years and watching Jay Schrader with his, with his shot, like shots that were crazy that Tim Brown were catching was catching was just, it was awesome. It's exciting. That was it. You know, you know what's really devastating for me is Justin came into my life, started dating my sister in college, just as the Jets were making some of their Herm Edwards year runs um, and Chad Pennington year runs. And so in the first several years of our relationship, the Jets lost two playoff games to the Raiders. I still can't get over the fact 
that Victor Green was held so obviously, so obviously on the run that ended their first game that they lost. And then the second was even worse. I went to that game. Jets, oh. Jets were tied 10-10. Uh, with yeah, Chad I, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen you more upset that first game, like was, at a game. That was just <laughs> Oh, you're, no, you're talking about something completely different. You're talking about when, you, when I first, first, first met you, and here we go for Jess, you're talking about Victor Green on a different thing. I'm talking about Victor Green on a Saturday night playoff game against the Raiders being held, them not calling oh. it, you guys, Garrison Hurst iced the game or something of that nature or somebody else, or what's his name, different running back. But you're talking about when we first, first met and you guys came yeah. down and you went to a Jets-Patriots game the year that Victor Green became a Patriot and the Patriots beat the Jets like 45 to seven, including a washed up Victor Green picking Vinny off for an 80 yard touchdown, something he never did for us. Yeah, that was, uh, yes, that was very bad. All right, back to Giants Raiders. Give us some, <laughs> give us some data, uh, uh, Dan. Give us some data, Dan. Like, what are you, you going to see? What are we going to see in this game from your perspective? Well, that's a good question. It's hard to say right now because there's so many guys that are either injured or on the uh, the COVID list. I mean, Saquon Barkley uh, was sort of iffy this week anyways with an ankle injury that's causing him to miss last three games. But now he's also on the COVID list, and there's been a, a ton of false positives over there. I actually was one of them. We get tested every Wednesday as the media, and I had a nice fun 24 hours where I'm wondering if I had it, and uh, turns out I'm in the clear. But So presumably that could happen for Saquon, but now – the uh, the problem is he's missed two days of practice and treatment, which potentially would get you obviously closer to playing. So I think it's a long shot that he plays. Uh, the wide receivers are, are banged up. Sterling Shepard is uh, you know most likely going to be out again. He's been in and out of the lineup all year. Kenny Galladay is trying to come back from a knee injury that sidelined him for three weeks, but I don't think we know for sure that he'll be back. Darius Tony's dealing with a thumb injury. I mean, it's like you just go down the list of relevant playmakers. And they all have something. They've all been in on the lineup pretty much all year. It's sort of been the story of their season. They just cannot get their full arsenal on the field, really, for any uh, duration of time. And and this week is no different. So, yeah, I mean, as far as projecting who might have the best game, I, would, I Tony's kind of my default answer because uh, he is so explosive. And he's had a few of those games where um, you see just the dynamic playmaking ability. Uh, and he has a thumb injury. I think he'll be fine. So I guess that's the, the safest pick because so many of these other guys are banged up. Listen, why have the Raiders – I mean, what what a wild situation. Obviously, the controversy, um, you know, new cut, like they've rallied around this coach. Anything anything stand out for you? Um, for the for – the, for the, regarding the coach? Re- well, regarding why they've rallied around this coach, you know, like what, what are oh. we seeing? What are we feeling? I mean, I, I think that's all has to do with like the leadership of the team. And I think he really knows what he's doing. I think, like, I think this guy has been assistant coach for like five or six organizations, um, assistant head coach, excuse me. So I think he really knows what he's doing. And I think he's already earned the player's trust. Um, and I think, and I think it showed, especially after the first, like his first real game, when like the star player was out, you know, like, Josh? when Waller wasn't playing like I mean Josh yeah Josh Jacobs absolutely but I think he's been intermittent anyway but I think like like Foster Moreau coming in and like using him to his the best of his abilities like it's awesome it was just I mean that just showed that he was able to adjust you mentioned leadership right like Derek Carr has really like stepped up not just like 
with the team, but also kind of like with the media. He's like, people are rallying around him. His passing yards is set at 275 and a half, right? So he's sort of like, that's his passing prop. This dude stepped up as a leader. Do we see him going over that maybe, Justin? Stepping up as the man in charge here? And Dan, can you add some context to what's going on with the Giants secondary this year? Yeah, you want Justin to go first? Want me to take that? Go ahead, Dan. We'll let Justin yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the Giants have, you know, coming into the year, they were really high in their secondary. You know, you had James Bradbury, who was a pro bowler last year. They went out and spent a lot of money on a Dory Jackson to compliment him on the other side. And they had a pretty good uh, safety group. And with Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, who was a second year guy they're really excited about, uh, and Jabril Peppers. And that group just didn't kind of pick up where either they left off or again, you brought in Jackson, you thought that'd be an upgrade. And they just kind of couldn't find their footing early in the year. Now, Peppers is out for the season with a torn ACL. McKinney's another guy who's on the COVID reserve list. But uh, again, presumably that could be a false positive. So let's just say he's probably back. Um, the secondary should be a strength of this team. It has been in the last two weeks because you know, they went into Kansas City and obviously the Chiefs are scuffling a little bit, but they made them work for everything and they held them to 20 points. Um, so defensively, that was you know, a really strong performance. Um, you know, Tyree Kill had 18 targets and only ended up with like 94 yards. So I mean, obviously they fed him, but they couldn't get anything going deep. Uh, they really shut down Kelsey, and even on one of his four catches, uh, Logan Ryan forced a fumble. Uh, so they're kind of starting to find their groove because they they really carried the team last year. Again, it sounds funny to say carry for a six-win team, but uh, <laughs> right. the offense was so bad that if the defense didn't play at the level they did, you know, they would have been a two-win team. Um, so I think that you know Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, is a guy who is really highly regarded, and for whatever reason, it just took some time for him to start pressing the right buttons again this year. They certainly didn't pick up where he left off. But now it does feel familiar. That, that Chiefs game sort of felt like when they went out to Seattle last year and really flummoxed Russell Wilson. Um, you know, again, the Chiefs have had some struggles, but it definitely was more of the same on Monday night because they really made it work for everything. Um, but obviously still came up short. Justin, binary question. Will Derek Carr have more yards than 275? Then what was it, 275? I think he will. Yeah. Dan, I think he's he gone will. I think over. Just- 275 and a half passing yards in five of seven games this year. Bam. Yeah, and I'm look I'm looking at that game while he's been well over in a lot of these yeah. games. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go under because I just think that that's the one thing that I'm I'm seeing from Graham is he takes away what another team does really well. So again, like they took Kelsey out of the game, they limited Tyreek Hill. Um, I'm not saying they're gonna shut Carr down, but I'd be very surprised if he lights them up to 400 yards. Now maybe you know mm. Josh Jacobs goes off on the ground or whatever it is. I just think they're very good at trying to neutralize your best weapon not always successful if you watch the Rams game um but I have I feel like they're starting to hit the stride a little bit I think that he has you know probably a good day but not one of these crazy 400 yard days Dan is Daniel Jones the Giants quarterback in 30 months <laughs> man I don't know if he's gonna be in you know nine months no I don't know it's it's been the biggest question he's probably been here for about 30 months you'd like to know that answer right now and here we are midway through year three I don't know how anyone could have any sort of conviction that he's definitely the guy. Cause I mean, you look at it, they're going to have to give him his 50 year option um, this off season, which I, off the top of my head, I think it's in the low 20 millions for the 2023 season. I don't know how they could probably not exercise that, but then again, like, are you sure that he's the guy that you want to invest does it, does it in? Does it, Dan, does it feel the giants are in the same place that my jets were with Sam Darnold? <laughs> it does to an extent. I mean, I think Darnold, I think the writing was, a little clearer on the wall last year for him. I think Jones has had moments like, and they love him. I mean, well, the, every- the writing was the, the writing was more on the wall. I'm sorry to interrupt because yeah. you had Trevor Lawrence coming out, a can't miss prospect 
and the Jets hadn't won a game yet at this point. Right, right. You know? and, and like that's the thing. If the if the Giants, I mean, they have the Bears pick too, but if they don't, there isn't that Trevor Lawrence prospect. And if they finish with the second pick, that means Daniel Jones probably had a terrible second half of the season. So then maybe that changes things. But I'm like I said, I'm there's no, quarter, there's no quarterback in this draft that of that caliber. Right. So I'm thinking if they finish the sixth pick, I don't think that they're gonna like mortgage the future to move up or something. So I think they're probably gonna stick with them because as I was saying, like yeah, the what? organization. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you, you're so knowledgeable. What, I'm getting excited. This is how I interview. Uh, <laughs> Dan, why aren't more teams taking the Dallas approach? And, like, the Giants should let it ride and franchise Daniel if he rocks it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that is probably the best avenue to take. It just does get dicey. I mean, even with Dallas, it, it got a little dicey there. It's, you know, it's, it's worked out, but they ended up paying probably a little more because it gave Dak some leverage by – putting themselves with really no other options there. You also have to look at agents and quarterback demeanor, right? Like, like, and by the way, it got dicey with Dak on the goddamn third franchise tag. Yeah, true. Right? So like, and Cousins on the third. Yeah. The third franchise. I mean, you're talking, so like, it does feel like last year with the Jets situation, I was like, man, just like no conversation to the franchise jet, let him play. And if it explodes and worked out, you've got the, the teams have a lot more control. They do. They do. I think it's just a dicey like dance where like, if you start kind of not making the full commitment, then you start having all these questions. Like, is he your guy? Is he not your guy? Like, listen, I mean, I think, you're going to ask that question next Thursday. Yeah, no, I think you should be able to live with that, but I don't think franchises always love to live like that. The message it sends, they're very concerned about that type of thing. And uh, I mean, again, with him, he's under contract next year. And then you, I'm saying you pick up the fifth year option, which would be like, I guess like 22 million, let's just say. That's not crazy money for a, you know, a quality striding quarterback, but it just, that the question becomes a lot of these guys are getting the huge extension after year three. I can't see any way you could feel like, yes, let's give no $160 million by what you've seen to this point. No way. Uh, Justin, what's the score of the game going to be? I'm going to say it's going to be, 35-33. It's going to be high scoring. Wow. Um, I, I I think because of the defensive back situations on both sides, I, I think 35-33 who? Raiders. Oh, I see. Going way over that 46-point total. Yeah, Justin's Justin <laughs> Justin is celebrating with a, a pina colada at halftime because it's already it's already <laughs> over. <laughs> it's already <laughs> over. Wait, well, the Raiders score almost 30 points every game. They win. They win. So I get it. That far. Dan? I actually just, you know, my very intensive process to come up with my prediction for the athletic, I went 24-19 Raiders. I think the Giants will have some, you know, a lot of field goals kind of, they, they'll kind of muddy up the game, make it ugly. And uh, like I said, I mean, that's, I'm just, my vibe is that they're going to do enough to sort of limit car and don't let the, the passing attack just go crazy. I mean, obviously it's, a crazy situation, but rugs that's a big absence in terms of just a big play threat that they don't have now. Um, so I think that that'll have an impact too. And um, yes, I think the Raiders will win, but I, I think, I think it would be a little bit under. Um, so we're definitely, me and Justin are on, on different ends of the spectrum there for what we're, we're expecting to see. Well, listen, yeah, I, everybody, everybody thought that Waller being out would have been a bigger impact than that. And he's this guy that, you know, rugs is a smaller piece. Uh, Ruggs has been emerging, and I also think there's a, several yeah. things going on in this conversation. Ruggs has been emerging. I also think that Dan is potentially getting lulled to sleep on the defense with how they played against the Chiefs, who've been struggling with 
this whole year, but I understand why he's doing that. Cause I get tricked on that stuff too. It's like, they're the chiefs. Right. And so like, yeah. you, you know, like you could get caught there and like, the Raiders have really shown up offensively. And I, I do think, I do think things are getting a little weird in giant land. Now this is me projecting. This is my preference. Um, that that would be <laughs> But, but I actually, I'm a little bit closer to Dan land on this one. I think it's going to be 19 to 10 Raiders. Okay, so neither team to score 25 is plus 180 on the yeah. DK Sportsbook. I like that. I, 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 to me, that might be what we have to boost. So we think it's going low scoring here. I, I do. I, you know, what's the weather? I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's starting to get a little colder. Let's not forget the West Coast to East Coast thing. Like the Raiders are still the Raiders, like on the East Coast, like, we, the Jets have won a lot of games over the last three decades against the Raiders. They shouldn't have because of that lag. It's tough to go from the West to the East for a lot of these teams. Um, I do think the Giants could get a little boost from, it was a really good, I actually thought the Giants were going to beat the Chiefs, by the way, last week. That's how down on the Chiefs, like I, I'm on the theory that the NFL is so amazing. It's my favorite. Like these teams watch so much goddamn film that like uh, Ed Reed and I once had a, a, a drink and he told me that he figured out through film that Terrell Owens would do something with his hand strap if they were throwing that was different than he would do it if they were running. Think about what I just said. <laughs> and, that, and that a lot of the Ravens success against Terrell Owens offenses was because Ed Reed was that guy. And I think about that a lot, the stuff that we don't hear a lot about or is occasionally talked about, but not the common sense thing we think about. And there's like a piece of me that thinks there's a couple things going on with the NFL that they figured out against the Chiefs offense. And it's hard to stay up when you're the Chiefs. When you go to three straight AFC championship games and two Super Bowls, it's kind of hard to get fired up for week four, week three. There's a lot of guys there that have been there through this whole run. And I think, you know, sometimes you get lulled into it, then you kind of lose momentum and kind of, you know, start forcing. It's, it's got a real narrative that we've seen in sports, at least I've seen over the last 30 years of watching all the sports. You just see this happen sometimes with teams. And, um, but I, I, like, so that's how much I thought that they're a little bit in trouble in the league's figuring out that I thought the Giants were going to win last week. And in that same vein, that might catch Giant fans um, this week where you think like, oh, our defense is starting to put it together. I still think, um, I still think that defense is vulnerable. And I do think that something's going on with Derek Carr. I just, you brought up a very interesting point about the way he's treating the media. Sometimes just, how old is Derek now? Uh, let's find why out. Why don't you Google it? But here's where I'm about to go. Dan, how old are you? 37. He's only 30. So Dan, this is gonna work for you really well, Justin, for you as well. Jess is 20, so she doesn't know this yet, but- Now I'm 31. I know, I was trying to be nice. It was a nice little thing. <laughs> Thank you, actually, I really appreciate that. I'm 25, okay. <laughs> you know what was awesome? You actually thought I was being serious, which was like subconsciously egotistical. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm very vain, Gary, so I just, I am. You just thought that I thought you were 20. Yeah, and I was like, obviously, because I look 20. <laughs> yeah. Justin, he just turned 30, and I think this will work for both of you because you guys are not too removed. Justin's a little older, but like, you know, you start growing up. 
you know, you just, you're, you're different at 30 than you are at 22 and 25. And sometimes that bleeds into your profession. And I have taken note of some of the way he's been carrying himself and it's actually landed with me. And I, that's where I spend my life and that kind of stuff. So there is a part of me that's like, huh, this might be a little bit of a click and you know, maybe he's really got his thing going and, and maybe that's why we're seeing some of the success. And, and Gruden, forget about all the country, Gruden is a type of personality that could make sense that it might be a subtle addition by subtraction, not because he's just atrocious, like forget about all that. He's just a big personality. And maybe in that, just a little extra breathing room for Derek. Maybe he's enjoying that, caught a little leadership momentum and maybe we're seeing that right now. Yeah, wow. I think we are. You like that? That's deep. That. I like that. Yeah, Dan, yeah. I, go, I go that way. I go into the couple <laughs> of things. That's how I like to Garrett. make my bets with psychology. The intangibles. I'm a big intangible guy. By the yeah. way, Mike White, can I tell you the number one reason I have excitement for tonight? Number one, the what? way the other guys are acting. Yeah. Before, as you may know, I know a lot of these guys in preseason, random thoughts. By the way, for the record, none of this was at the demise or the hurt of Zach. This is not an or, this is just an and thing. When Zach got hurt, the way guys talked, the way the, guy, the, way the offense flowed immediately, um, and, and the way the guys celebrated with him, like, you know, leadership's a real thing. I'll give you another one. In 2013, Mike White, who knows how old he was then. How old's Mike White now? Let's do some quick right. math. Thank you, Jess. Um, it's kind of 25 or something. Anyway, 2013, what's that? Nine years ago. You're going to love this one. 26. Then. He's 26. 26. So when he was 17, he tweeted, sorry, Peyton Manning. One day I'm <laughs> taking the record. I saw that. You saw that? So, you know, I, tonight's going to be, tonight is the first chance for Lynn's sanity in New York <laughs> in a long time. Um, and we'll be watching that. Of course, when I say we, I mean me. Uh, yeah. And we will be watching this Sunday. And I think we got our predictions in. And Dan, Justin, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. I need your Jets, Colts, and Giants, Raiders official score predictions because I want them. Okay. Um, Jets, Colts, Colts, 26, Jets, 21. So Jets don't win, but they cover the spread. Okay. Um. Raiders, Giants, Raiders, 24, Giants, 21. Nice. Good stuff. And then uh, do you want to boost that one that we talked about? Neither team to 25 plus 180. What's that? Do you want to boost neither team to 25 plus yes. 180 on the DK Sportsbook? Yes, I do. All right. That's what we're going to go with. All right, that's the boost. That's the show. I got to get focused for Jets Colts. We and love really you. quick, Gary. Yes, I know. Go ahead. Really quick, Listener League card, 1957, Johnny Unitas card. Join the Listener League. It's in Gary's Twitter bio. This it's is a big one. Every, everybody should join this one. This is a Unitas rookie card. Like, Dan, you should join this Listener League. Like, I don't know if you're allowed, what the rules are. But like, <laughs> everybody should do this. It's a Unitas rookie card for a free to play. And I think you should. Very legit. All right, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Cheers. Bye, everyone. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash marketplace for details. 
If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wyoming. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 in New Hampshire and Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, or call and text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Available to play in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia only. Must be 21 years or older, or 18 plus in New Hampshire and Wyoming. For entertainment purposes only. No results guaranteed. Void where prohibited. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full details. Odds and lines are subject to change.